Kura, this program is brought to you by Wellington Access Radio. Wellington Access Radio, make your voice heard. That's my hens you can hear. I'm Creek, and you're listening to the Quilted Bananas program. I just decided to record the introduction to this episode outside today because um, it's too it's too early for me to predict what our lockdown status will be like by the time this goes to air because I'm recording it about a week and a few days in advance but definitely can say that in recent weeks we've all been through like at least three weeks of lockdown and yep just can't tell you what our current status is sorry here in Whanganui Atara the Wellington region but I can say we're probably all still just quite weary and over the pandemic generally and the presence of the Delta variant COVID-19 so I'll try not to talk about that too much this episode and just talk about other things my concept for the episode is just a magazine style show we will cover off some more serious stuff of course because submissions are currently will still currently be open by the time this goes to air they are currently open on the birth deaths relationships registration sorry I'll try that again births deaths marriages relationships registration bill and someone just closed a garage door to give emphasis to that yeah being outdoors with hens goobling and gobbling away and a duck that quacks from time to time is peaceful for me and um I guess I, regardless of lockdown status, I just encourage you to safely find some tranquility in your life, and often I think that can be found outdoors. And uh, whether you go and put your hand on a tree trunk somewhere, or just attempt to fit your nose inside a flower bloom because it's springtime now well and truly has sprung flowers are out and that's really nice to see and um, grass grass is underrated have you tried touching it yep so and just putting your hand in some dirt it's been scientifically shown to um, increase improve your mental health it's been compared to the effects of meditation actually putting your hands in soil the hens and I and the dog and the duck we're all standing on the land of Te Atiawa here in Te Awakairangi also known as Lower Hut and um, in the wider region we are broadcasting through the air of um, of Taranaki Whanui and also pretty sure we broadcast like via syndication we broadcast to Southland so that's shout out Kaitahu country I come from Otipoti Dunedin so that is that is their country as well and um yeah we'll head back indoors and do a radio show now and we will start with a song as is often done here on the Quilted Bananas program 
a song that you can dance to, which is to get your juices flowing, your blood pumping. So please make a little space in your living room or outdoors if you've got music playing capacity outside. Um, and we're going to have Lizzo singing Like a Girl, primarily because of the lyric, if you feel like a girl, then you're real like a girl. I thought that was topical in respect of the birth, deaths, marriages, relationships, registration bill, which aims to, one of its aims is to make it easier to say on your birth certificate what your sex is and just make it so you can self-identify that without having to go through the family court and without having to provide a medical certificate and I feel like Lizzo's position on that is pretty clear from this song if you feel like a girl then you're real like a girl the song is called Like a Girl uh. Woke up feeling like I just might run for president Even if there ain't no precedent Switching up the messaging I'm about to add a little estrogen Sexy, cool, baby, with or without me. 
I know it's ending right there. Oh, my friends, that was Lizzo with Like a Girl. Pretty sweary there at the end. And I love a bit of swearing, so I'm very happy to have that uh, here on the Quilted Bananas program on either a Sunday morning when you're listening live or some other time in the future when you're listening by podcast on Wellington Access Radio's website. If you're listening live, it's 106.1 FM. Now, I'm struggling with how to make the BDMRR discussion sound interesting for you at all. It is actually, to be honest, let's be honest, quite boring. It's boring because it's legislation and it's a bit technical and yeah, stuff like that. But um, let's give it a go, let's give it a go, let's give it a go. Walk through it. So births, deaths marriages relationships registration bill is already lots of it is already through its parliamentary hurdles but they've put put out for public submissions which means people like you can make a submission which just means writing some stuff to say to the MPs about it this document called a supplementary order paper and to come straight from the Parliament's website on that rather than from me. It just says this supplementary order paper aims to provide better support for the needs of transgender, non-binary and intersex communities. Similar changes to self-identification provisions were recommended by the Governance and Administration Committee, I said it was boring, of the 52nd Parliament when it first considered the bill. So that's an old Parliament, not the current one. However, These changes were recommended after the public consultation process on the bill had concluded to allow the public to have a say on the self-identification provisions. That means the bit where you can go, yep, I want to change my the sex marker on my birth certificate. I want to change what it says about sex on my birth certificate. And I don't want to have to go through the family court and I don't want to have to produce a bloody medical certificate in that court to prove it and to do it because it's up to you it's your body and you might just want to change that it says either female or male and yep there's no other options unfortunately at this stage but this this supplementary order paper does include the enabling sex markers other than male and female to be made through regulations following consultation so I think that's talking about some future doesn't create that those options at the current time but at the current time it does allow you to say what what you want to be, what you are on your own birth certificate in a much easier way. So you would still have to go and see a Justice of the Peace, which is a really fairly straightforward process. I've done it when I changed my name. You just arrange to meet the Justice of the Peace somewhere. Their services have to be provided for free by law. And they just, they sort of ask you, well, with my name, they she just was like, basically trying to find out if I was just having a laugh and she didn't do it in a very interrogatory kind of way it's just her job to to be like yep you're you're genuinely legitimately changing your name and then she signs signs that and it would be the same if you were changing the sex marker on your birth certificate and um, then it goes to the Department of Internal Affairs and that becomes you your official document um so yeah so this is now out for public public input 
that that thing I just described about changing the sex marker, that's the main thing that is the, the, the that is on the supplementary order paper. And then the and then here, again I'm reading from Parliament's website, other proposed changes that it includes are the one about enabling sex markers other than male and female to be a thing in the future. And then also an eighteen month implementation period, built in statutory review of the self identification provisions five years later. Recommendation that young people aged 16 or 17 can apply on their own behalf, uh, allowing for multiple changes of a sex marker over time, and that the self-identification provisions cannot be used to change the individual's birth records from another country. Now, if you want to make a submission on that, or, or any point of that, or if you just want to tell Parliament your own story, those are often cited as kind of the most effective submissions to Parliament is when you speak from your own lived experience about what you need for you to live as a fully healthy, whole feeling, authentic feeling citizen or resident of, of the country and just, you know, basically how to how to be your best self. Yeah, if you want to do that, write a submission. Just write it to the MPs as if you mate from up the road that's how I write a submission if I ever do one so to do that if you want to take the direct route you can go www.parliament.nz and then there's a tab near the top there it says get involved just click that drop down menu drop down menu says make a submission and this bit's actually quite fun because you can kind of go submission shopping like find out what does the what do the MPs want to hear from the public about? There's always more than one thing, more than one law that, that is in the pipeline and they want to hear back from you. So, for example, currently, right now, I've just dropped down that drop-down menu. You could make submissions on inquiry into school attendance, inquiry into illegal, unregulated and unreported fishing, hazardous substances and new organisms amendment bill, and other ones with really long names and also this one with the really long name which is inquiry into supplementary order paper 59 on the births deaths marriages and relationships registration bill now these sub submissions close on the 14th of september which is just two days away at the time of going to air so not very much time but it is sunday so you could spend the rest of your weekend doing that hopefully yeah it didn't shouldn't need to take you the whole like many hours or whatever it just kind of depends how personal how personal a crafted kind of a document you want to write or need to write but good news is if you actually just want to support some thinking that's already been done by trans activists and trans community around this bill then I guess the top website that's got heaps of very accessible information as an easy to read and understand information is genderminorities.com. That's the Gender Minorities Aotearoa website. If you go to the, uh, the tab Popular Resources, there's a drop-down menu, and then there's a BDMRR submission guide. And that includes some key areas of focus that they, w they would like people to include in their submissions 
because there are things that they would like to have changed about the bill as it stands, the this particular supplementary order paper, which is, yeah, so there's, yeah, there's things that they would like people to say, like, I support the bill, that's what they want you to say, is I support the bill, and I'd like these things to be different about it, and they, yeah, hope that people will contribute to that message, getting to the government, to the parliament. I'm going to stop talking about the BDMR now because I feel like I've gone on enough and I hope to have stoked your attention or your interest to a live thing that's happening in our society at the moment and uh, for trans, intersex, gender, queer and non-binary and just anyone really who wants to change the sex marker or their birth certificate. You've got until the 14th of September if you want to make a submission on that bill. Now let's have a song. Let's be hearty and have a song. And remember how um, Lizzo was pretty sweary just at the end of their song Like a Girl and, and during the song quite sweary as well. Well, let's stick with the sweary songs theme. We've very generously been offered some tracks from a Wellington-based musician who just popped out of the blue and said they had these songs. One of them's a parody song based on Janis Joplin and the other one is that original song. And they're both quite sweary and it's great. And, and the musician agreed to introduce themselves. So I'll just play that intro that they sent me and then play the two songs back to back. Kia ora tato, kia ora, creek and quilted bananas. My name is Annie De Silva Freitas and I identify as a proud Madarense, Portuguese, Scottish, non-binary lesbian and go by they, them, she, her pronouns. I live with my beautiful partner, Tony Regan, in Wellington and our, our wee cat, called Loopy. Um, so by day I work proudly as a gender sexuality relationship diversity therapist or rainbow counsellor in a local university service and I've been asked to provide just a little bit of background to the two songs that I have sent through to Quilted Bananas. So the first song is titled Dildo That Bends and was a number that I wrote and created back in 2004 as my character uh, Jammers Joplin. So as a member of the Wellington Drag Kings, the kind of older, uh, some might say original, not original, sorry, um, oh, earlier drag king groups. And that was a lot of fun with my other mates there. And the other song that I wrote uh, and created was a song called No Words and that was inspired in 2010, 2011 by a, the beginnings of a new relationship. So trying to capture the essence of a new relationship and it was originally called actually Fuck I but because sometimes words are just um, superfluous but I thought I might run into problems, so hence the title, No Words. I was uh, lucky to be able to have the assistance and uh, help by a couple of people, Lisa and Stephen Plimerton, and recorded 
the song in Vaughan's place in his uh, bedroom recording studio. I'd always wanted to record an original song and was actually inspired to do that after performing in probably Wellington's only queer musical that I know of titled The Outing and that was produced by my partner Tony Regan. So that's enough. I really hope you enjoy it and thank you for playing my songs. Really welcome to hear the feedback if you have any and I enjoy. Kakite. This is a song of great social, political and menstrual import and it goes something like this. Oh Lord, won't you buy me a dildo that bends? My friends all have silicon that fit in both ends. Trade hard all my lifetime, no help from my friends. So Lord, won't you buy me a dildo that bends? Oh Lord, won't you send me a bespoke moon cup that's round? I'm counting on you, Lord, my blood spills to the ground. Prove that you love me, make sure it fits my mound. Oh, Lord, won't you send me a big scoop moon cup on down? Everybody, third verse, same as the first. Oh, Lord, won't you buy me a dildo that bends? My friends all have silicon that fit in both ends. Tried hard all my lifetime, no help from my friends. So, Lord, won't you buy me a dildo that bends? That's it. Period.
Thank you. Annie De Silva Freitas. That song you just heard was called No Words. And the first track was Jama's Joplin, played by Annie De Silva Freitas, in a parody of Mercedes Benz, famous song by Janis Joplin. And yeah, what I really loved about having those two songs juxtaposed like that was that they're by the same artist, but one is a comedy genre and the other one's a serious singer-songwriter song. And it's cool because it speaks to the complexity of the, the person and the performer. Often I think people are either pigeonholed as you're a comedian or you're not. And so, yeah, thanks very much for sending those through. I was just, before the show, I was Googling. I wanted to find out a little bit more about the Drag Kings of Wellington, who I have heard of, and I've been to their reunion show just a few years ago. Um, But, yeah, I don't know. I just wanted to read a little bit more about our community heritage history background. And it was a really cool article, journal article, published about the troupe just in December last year in a women's studies journal, volume 34, which was based on um, oral histories given by Jack Lynch, Andy Harness and Kathy Sheet, who were three of the other original members, along with Val Little, of that early drag king troupe, so they, they were active in the early 2000s. And I just read this little excerpt straight from this article because it was so interesting about... Uh, just the DIY-ness of it and also how actually brave they were to, like they stood up to Glad Rap, the, the corporation behind Glad Rap. just listen to this it says, the lack of exposure to other drag king scenes and the absence of ready access to Google and social networking back in the early 2000s meant that the drag kings had to figure out drag king practices on their own. One fundamental practice that the troupe had to navigate was the drag transformation. Jack recalled that when the troupe first formed, the drag kings put in a lot of work and experimentation to figure out how to achieve this transformation successfully. Luckily for them, Kathy had already been experimenting with drag kinging in the late 1990s, prior to the formation of the drag kings, when she used to perform at various drag queen events. As she recalled, there was no one to say, oh, this is how you do binding, or this is how you do packing. Binding is the process of flattening out one's breasts and is commonly achieved using a medical chest binder while packing refers to packing one's pants to create a bulge where a penis would be because you're doing male impersonation with drag kinging. Kathy was not aware of medical chest binders at the time, but someone had told her that female sheep shearers bound their breasts with glad wrap in order to prevent wool abscesses caused by the fibres getting through their clothing. After Kathy shared the glad wrap technique with members of the drag kings, it became common practice for them over the following years. At one stage, the troop received a cease and desist warning from the Glad Rap company after using the brand name on their website. Kathy speculated that they didn't want to be associated with a group like that. So homophobic. Anyway, so yeah. Um, and by the way, Annie, because you were sort of in your intro there, you weren't sure whether they to say they were the original Drag King troop. That article that I just read from does does cite them as the first 
in New Zealand, the first drag king troop. So there you go. I'll, I'll, I'll assume that that's correct because it's an academic journal. It must be true. You are listening to the Quilted Bananas program on Wellington Access Radio 106.1 FM. How are you liking my magazine-style show this morning? I hope the magazininess of it is good for you. Coming up next on the show, we're going to have an interview with Emmy, my old-school friend, T-ball friend, and softball friend from Dunedin, with whom I have also long time done a parody radio show called Musicians Who Want to Look Like Us under the Quilted Bananas banner. We only play musicians who want to look like us. Anyway, Emmy's in a band called Tidal Rave and I spoke to Emmy about their new album called Albumette and also, yep, they have had the real ill luck of having their album tour cancelled in recent weeks by the lockdown and Last year when we had a lockdown, Emmy's band released an album and it got cancelled. Their tour, their launch tour got cancelled then as well. What a bloody pair of ill lucks. Anyway, here's me talking with Emmy about Albumette and we'll play a couple of songs from Albumette in the course of that interview as well. Emmy, this is your second album in two years. Tidal Rave is cranking it out. <laughs> How um, how would you describe your creative practice? Well, it's, it seems to be like a little bit of a rarity in that we've got um, three... So we had three songwriters for the last album and um, on this new album, Albumette, um, the keyboardist has also joined as a songwriter. So we've actually got four songwriters in the band. And yeah, it basically means yeah that you before you know it you have an album. An album with um, songs. Cool. Yeah, yeah, and it was a because when we released the which was our first kind of full length album, Heart Screams, in twenty twenty, um, it went it just went into a black hole. So we released it about two weeks before COVID became you know before the before the lockdown, yeah, and internationally as as well. And um, so the album just kind of went into a big COVID black hole and we had to cancel that tour. Um, so, yeah, so this is stuff that... And we actually took, um, I think it was like a year or two to record that first album. So while we were recording, we were still writing new material right. as well. Yeah, yeah. Um, I think Banana, which is on Albumette, like we've been playing that for about two years. It's a crowd um, favourite. Crowd favourite, that's right. Bring BYO Banana, fair trade. <laughs> um, yeah, and uh, I think, yeah, with Tide and Knots, I wrote during lockdown. Um, so there's kind of a bit more time for introspective projects. Um, yeah, and um, Living the Dream, I think I wrote. Uh, our first band gathering after lockdown I was telling someone about my experience of being arrested and he was like, you should write a song about that. And so that weekend, I wrote a song about it. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, that's, yeah. a, that's a great number on Albumette. Tell me about it. Well, 
so I like to say it's a, it's a true story based on a false story. Because, um, yeah, so I had this, um, God, it must have been like 23 or 24, um, I think I was still studying, and in Dunedin, Otipoti, and um, just had this experience one night where some, uh, this girl was, woman, was uh, un- was unconscious and it looked like it was because they were drunk and there were people standing around, including two very, very, very aggressive men. Um, and we kind of asked if she was okay and they told us with as many expletives as, as they could use to go away. And, um, and yeah, we're just super aggressive. And um, as we are walking away, someone was like, oh, I don't feel very good about this because then they... Because we asked if they were undercover police officers, and where they told us to f off again, and um, and they carried her and they were carrying her into their car, and we just felt really uneasy about it. And someone was like, "Someone should get the number plate," which I volunteered to do, and um, yeah, and maybe was a bit uh, didn't quite appreciate that if they were in fact undercover police officers. Um, yeah, I did not take that into account in the next kind of proceedings. But anyway, it eventually ended up that I got arrested. Um, and it was just, and it was basically everything in the song is kind of blow by blow what happened. Um, but the really full on thing was, apart from getting arrested, was um, that when I got my summary of facts, which is basically what the police say happened, it was just full of these really gross um, untruths. And by saying that, like there were things like I, um, I had to sign a thing saying I'd been read my rights. And I said, I don't remember getting read them. I'm not saying I didn't. I'm just saying I don't remember. Um, and in my summary of facts, they said that I sung while my rights were getting read to me. Wow. So they were just quite obvious. Yeah, it was quite gross, like quite purposeful um, untruths that were put in it. And another thing was that they said that the male members of my group asked me to, to leave the police alone and that I was hysterical, um, that I was... They, uh, yeah, like said that I was lunging at them, screaming, and it was it was just this thing of being like, oh my god, I've they're kind of using sexism yeah, as well to paint me out as this hysterical woman when I didn't. There was no violence, and I I touched the person's jacket, but there was no kind of um, violence in that. But I admit that that is technically obstruction, but um, and. Yeah, so it was kind of this, oh, my God. And I didn't get done for assault. I got done for obstruction because I was standing in front of the car while I was taking the number plate down. I assume that was the where the obstruction charge came from, mm. um, which in retrospect, like, yes. And that was the thing. So when I had to do a plea, so I got offered diversion, and um, uh, a friend of mine was doing law at the time, and they said, I just said, I can't agree to these facts like they've just made very you know they've deliberately told untruths Mm. in this um and and to get diversion you have to plead guilty um and so they they found out that um 
that you can actually do a plea which is called guilty with reservations. And it's essentially where you dispute the facts, but you um, plead guilty to the charge. Right. So yes. I was able to um, do that as my um, plea, and the duty solicitor at the court was like, I've never heard of that. And they went, and I'm like, oh, checks out. It's a plea you can do. Um, so that, because there was no way I could have just defended it, although I did have kind of, I think there were about six witnesses in my group. But um, so that kind of had been how I'd made peace with it, well, you know, was that I did dispute the facts. Yeah. But this, doing this song was amazing just to really be, you know, be able to tell the truth because I never really got to tell the truth, you know, in court. Yeah. Or not, not that that would have been a good experience. But, um, yeah, so that's kind of the last say, shall we? Yeah. 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 Where sure. put it? That's great. It is yeah. Called, this is the one that's called Live in the Dream, isn't it? Yeah, so that was yes. yeah that was involved in the whole. That's what they said. I screamed at them as I lunged. I lunged at them, screaming, "Live the dream!" What the hell? <laughs> I wonder if that's standard for them to insert that. No, because like, it's so caricature. It, it's so not. I what know. People... Well, the thing is, it had it had been what we'd said to them when they were, we'd previously asked if they were undercover police officers because they were wearing a Kathmandu vest. Right. So I had said, "Live the living the dream," eh? As we walked off. Right. Um, uh, yeah, so it was all and screamy there, me. Yeah, yeah. So it was all. It was just amazing, and I had actually sung in the cells. I was just my kind of civil disobedience kind of thing because they'd refused to give me anything to write down what had happened, and let alone a cup for water or anything. Yeah. Um, so I had been singing in the cells. So it was like they'd stitched up all these different events to just tell an off-the-wall story that never happened. Wow. The the story itself was off-the-wall, but not as they told it. Yeah. Yeah, Wow. Yeah. And and it it just really was that. It just really, the thing that freaked me out was not for myself, but it was for people that have more serious charges and that the police would make up that many falsehoods. Mm. You know, it just, it just made me realise, uh, yeah, it just, it, yeah, just completely destroyed my trust in the police. Yeah, 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 quite, quite, yeah, like it's going to be quite a sinister practice when it's someone's liberty at stake or... Absolutely, yeah, yeah. like mine was kind of like no, you know, no harm, no foul, but yeah, but yes, and yeah, and just how you identity, you know... Yeah, the isms can come into those falsehoods as well. Right, yeah, like, yeah, sexism and, yeah. Just... Racism, yep. yeah. So it was a yeah. Kathmandu vest that meant that you thought that, that they were undercover cops? Like, because for me, if I was out partying in town, I don't know, it would not occur to me that <clears throat> the police would be undercover. I would just assume they would be walking around in uniform, but that's not... Yeah, it was it was a weird experience. My cousin actually got arrested the same night we saw each other and as I was getting processed out, which is not an everyday occurrence. And, and he had been arrested by an undercover police officer and I saw the police officer and this guy was wearing like a tight clubbing top, had a black eye, like there was just nothing in the world that, you know, and I guess that's the whole point of being an undercover police officer, but they weren't doing secret stings, you know. There's a cops on the beach. Right. That um yeah, so it was quite it was a very strange experience. Weird. Yeah. 
kind of like the public getting, yeah, it's like the public are in the sting. <laughs> yeah, yeah, for un, unclear reasons. I wonder if anything has changed. Um, <laughs> I can really hope. Yeah. Um, yeah, but it was bizarre. The whole thing was a bit bizarre. Anyway. Yeah. Well, but, Good to you know. It's good to write a song about bizarro things. <laughs> Speaking of which, "Banana" is a reasonably bizarro song in a completely different way, because it's this um, rock anthem opera. Rock opera is the is the sort of genre style that you describe it as, is it not? About a fruit. About a fruit. That's right. It's not a whole. The whole. To be clear to listeners, the whole album is not a rock opera, but this is sort of like the genre, the style of the song is rock opera for banana.
You're tuned to the Quilted Bananas program on Wellington Access Radio 106.1 FM. And you've been listening to an interview with me, Creek, and Emmy about the band Tidal Rave and their new album, Albumette. And that song just there was called Banana. So, yeah, the interview continues with us talking more about Banana because there's also a great music video that goes with it. Is that your first music video? As it is our first music video. Yeah. Yeah. So, music video is definitely one of those things. They're like, we should, we should do one. We should do one. But to actually take the next step and make it happen. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, that's another thing. Yeah, because we've been together five years in, in Tidal Rave, and that's yeah the first first song we've got an official video for. Yeah. Um. Yeah. So. That was an experience. So, yep. So, Banana is, yep. Uh, we got a review of the song and they described it as the artful, grand, bloody politico punk of Banana. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah. I was like, you, yeah, you got it. Nailed it. Um, That's exactly what Nailed it. it. Yeah. yeah, for like the folks at home, if you want to see the music video and hear the song, yeah, just Google Tidal Rave. That's a pun on Tidal Wave, but with an R. Tidal Rave Banana. Or, or like put that into YouTube and it'll come up and it's yeah beautiful like the color palette in the video is mm. so yummy it's very tasty <laughs> yeah yeah it was, it was so lucky so um so we weren't successful getting New Zealand on air funding for it um so we had to self-fund which means basically calling on family friends um to help and um so we had two photographers that um helped film that so that was their first video um moving image um and i think yeah you can really tell with the lushness yeah oh like you can tell that they're they're sort of photographers or that they're yeah 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 just that aesthetic yeah yeah it's like the color tone that we're talking about is like pastels with really bright yellow bananas just sort of really (laughs) highly saturated yellow in the bananas and so many bananas. So many bananas. And so that was fantastic. Cat so, robot yeah. stars in it as well, or cameos, I should say, as um as a banana looking cat. <laughs> How did you trick robot into looking the bananas? Secret is mayonnaise. <laughs> <laughs> Quilted bananas exclusive. Me, <laughs> Ellis, break silence on. Robot. Cat wrangling. Cat, cat wrangling. <laughs> <laughs> um, so how, how much, like, it was obviously, well, obviously to me, but it won't be obvious to the listeners at home, but it was obviously filmed at your home. Did you have a lot of say over the making of the video or was it you, you all were just really happy to be sort of the actors in the music video? Yeah, so it was um, so directed, directed by Hayley Thiers, um and... Yeah, so we had the idea of this, it was kind of started out as kind of kitsch noir, kind of like a, a gory gothic breakfast, but then realised that it requires a lot of special effects, which right. we didn't have any budget for. Um, yeah. But it kind of evolved into actually just the kitsch, kind of Kiwiana breakfast. Yep, there's weed bags in there. The white books, that's right. Um, and then gave that concept and I um, to Hayley. Yeah, and it was quite a great process actually. It was just kind of um, 
because she'd come back with kind of concepts and shots and found myself kind of going, because I'd visualised all in my head, kind of going, oh, it's not quite, a, quite what I visualised, but then went, hang on, this is a collaboration. Mm-hmm. So um, just really supporting that creative process and not trying to micromanage it, which is really a big thing for me. Um, and it was just as soon as I kind of realised it was what I was doing and, and kind of decided to trust in the process and trust in Hayley, it's, yeah, it was just such a kind of fun project to kind of be a part of. And so, like, Hayley kind of came up with ideas because we got donated um, fair trade bananas from All Good, which was amazing. So we got two boxes worth and... Um, so kind of that how some of the shots are framed with bananas on each side. Yeah, so yeah. just yeah, all that kind of stuff kind of happened. The shots are prearranged, but that kind of embellishments happened on the day. Um, and we just got asked to come up with a kind of breakfast each individually to have our own breakfast scene that we um, went through. Cool. Yeah, and the band just yeah did so amazing. Watch out for like Emmy battling one of her bandmates with banana with a banana like banana fighting yeah, yeah the banana joust yeah yes. banana joust yeah yeah that's <laughs> yeah, really cool and it, it's a feel good music video it makes me feel good last question do you is it like being a bad parent and having favourites do you have a favourite song off the album I don't have I don't have favourites yeah. I love them all yeah it's yeah great that way isn't it yeah well um so i did um i had this moment of realizing so i haven't really written many overtly kind of queer themed songs um but i did realize that um tied in knots which is the opening track was about my um was about my queer relationship falling apart so there you go oh cool (laughs) Oh, well, should we play that one yeah. as well? Because I was going to play The Rain because it's like my favourite, probably after Banana on the album. No, you play what you want. People, you know, it's... Um, no, we're a queer radio yeah. show and I'm going to play... It's called Knots, me. It's not called Tired yeah. Knots. Oh, apologies. We edited, we edited the title. <laughs> Spoiler alert for the chorus. Yeah. <laughs> Um, but yeah, no. Do you want to tell us a little bit about more about that song by way of introducing it? Well, uh, yeah, and again, it's kind of the, the beauty of songwriting. I'm finding so I'm I, I call it kind of country confessional. So I really yeah just get stuck into the like experience as it was, yeah. Um, and yeah. So that was about kind of me and my partner kind of in the process of, of growing apart and our lives going in, in different directions um, and the, the symptom of that being um, that I'd get stood up every Friday and Saturday night Back waiting for a ride home in, in West Auckland um, <laughs> without, without transport. Um, so, yeah, so it's... Well, obviously, I've like processed that. It was a you know, it was a long time ago, kind of twelve years ago. But there's there's it's kind of a thing. You think you've processed it, but then you like write the song, and it just you know, it's 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 all still there. So um, it was a really good experience just to kind of encapsulate that experience and have a way to um, 
express it.
That program is brought to you by Wellington Access Radio. Get your voice heard. Thanks New Zealand On Air for funding accessmedia.nz.